When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. 1865, the Nottingham Forest podcast is proudly sponsored by The Terrace, the home of retro and fan culture sports merchandise. Check out their range of forest merch by visiting theterracestore.com or visit them on social media. The 1865 Match Report. Right, so uh, this is the day after what could have been as um, Forrest missed the chance to go into the playoff places and start the new year um, in a completely different situation to where we were um, last uh, this, this time last year. Um, we lost 1-0 to Huddersfield Town at the city grounds as Carlos Corboran basically outdid us despite us getting all the chances, all the shots Um and them maybe having two shots on target, but winning the game. Um, so we lined up in a COVID-ravaged uh, 4-2-3-1. Uh, Worrell and McKenna at the, in the back. Um, Garner and Ojeda in the middle. And a start for Zande Silva on the left um, with Brennan Johnson on the right. And at fullback, uh, Colback uh, step deputising once more. Um, so I'm joined here by Tom Newton, who can tell us what he thought of the game, apart from uh, what more could we have done to get there. <laughs> so, I mean, the first thing to note is um, the game started with them hitting the crossbar pretty much after, in the first minute. Yeah, they, they come out like um, really quickly and then um, they hit the bar and you think, oh, it's, it's even though they're in, I think they were in sixth place at um, the start of the game last night, you knew it was going to be a tough game, but they come out like, because some teams, when they come to the city ground, they like stand off a bit, see what Forests are going to um, come up with. But no, they were the ones out of the blocks um, quickly, hit the bar. And um, yeah, you just knew we was going to be in for um, a bit of a, a battle last night. Uh, one of the things that we, we talked about just before recording this is um, the way that Huddersfield play. So, I mean, they weren't particularly pretty on the eye, but I guess it was probably a really, really good match for the neutral. What they were doing, they were quite big, they were quite physical, and they were coming right up in our faces all the way through the game, weren't they? Yeah, uh, I noticed in the first, well, especially the first 20 minutes of the first half, they had a high press. And, and there was one situation where, um, was it in, it was, actually, it was in the second half, but it was how the game went is um, Lewis Grabham was offside, and then they took the free kick in our half, and everybody said, well, how can that be? Because uh, Grabham come from an offside position and brought the ball into our half. And that just showed you their high press and they did it all game. And I thought they were quite impressive, um, really. And they had some, a bit of physicality in there. And um, yeah, Coburn's got a decent um, side there. And 
and that obviously replicated of where they are in, in the league at the moment. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, so one of the things I thought in the first half, especially, was it did remind me a bit of when we were playing under Chris Hewton, just in that because they were pressing us so high, we couldn't get any, the um, Ojeda and Garner barely got to see the ball, which meant that we couldn't do anything with it when, when we had the ball. However, there was um, one little bright spark, I thought, which was the first start for Zande Silva. And apart from the bloke who was sat about two rows behind me, who obviously was completely in love with him, kept on yelling, give the ball to Silva and attack, attack Silva. Um, I thought he did all right. Yeah. Um, well, the first, the last time we saw him before the Middlesbrough game was one shot, which went in, did it go into the upper trend or go out for a throw? And you think, oh, what's this guy? Uh, then he come on against Middlesbrough and he looked quite lively. And he got his start last night. And again, he looked lively. I mean, on another night, he could have scored if it wasn't for a decent save from their goalkeeper. So, um, yeah, he's got something about him. And he's still relatively young. So, Steve Cooper can probably mould him into a bit of a better player than he actually is. I think he's a bit still a bit raw with his and decision-making. But you can see there's something in there to work with. Yeah, I don't think he was, he was, it wasn't, well, I mean, it was one of those games where it didn't matter what happened, we we wouldn't have scored probably, but uh, he didn't look completely outstanding, but he didn't put up, uh, he, he didn't look terrible either. It wasn't like the last time we saw him play when, when yeah, as you say, it went out for a, a throw-in. However, um, it didn't really matter how well we played. Um, they got an attack uh, down their left wing and it was Dwayne Holmes, I think, ex-Derby who uh, somehow managed to put it in. And I have to admit, I was, I don't even, from where I was sat, I couldn't even see how it had gone in. <laughs> it was it was like, it looked like it had hit the side netting and gone behind to me. So I don't know what happened. Yeah, yeah um, when he was on that side, I think he, he hit it in the only place where he um, could because he, he did a, um, a one-two and he got beyond uh, Jed Spence and he's just hit it in from eight yards and um, he's hit it with a bit of pace and... Again, I'm not going to blame him because I think he's been pretty outstanding this season, Bruce Sammer, but he's he's been done on his near post. And But the goal happened earlier in the game, so he had every faith that Forrest would um, obviously um, recover from it. But um, I, like we've said, Forrest played like really well last night. I peppered the goal and everything. And unfortunately, last night, we just couldn't get the ball in the back of the net. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I had it. In the first half, we had shots from Zinkenagel. Zinkenagel in particular, I think, was running the play a bit for us. When when we could get the ball to him, he was making stuff happen. But he was being reduced to shots from distance. And there was a shot from Garner as well, I think, that hit the crossbar or something like that in the first um, half. It was, at, well, to be fair, the Garner had a shot where he's come to him and he's had a, a bit of a half volley, which probably thought wide of the pose. Then it was Zinkenagel who had the shot and he absolutely rattled the crossbar. And their goalkeeper didn't have a chance of if it was on target. And um, and that got the crowd up. And you think, well, it's only going to be a matter of time before Forrest score here. And ultimately, yeah. um, as the game went on, it, um, it didn't. Yeah, I mean, um, there was one particular bit. Where I thought we had a, a shout for a penalty at one point in the first half. Um, as well, but um, it was like it looked to me like he it was a shout for a penalty, but the referee chose to play advantage and then it came to a save by them. Um, and so nothing really came of it. Um, and then in the second half, again, it was just more more of the same, really. It was um, Zinkenagel started things off with a big run and shot. Um, well, Worrell got booked in the first half, didn't he, for uh, a silly challenge. Um, 
But I think it was one of those where I think the ref wasn't going to give us anything anyway, no matter what happened. Um, yeah. And then we just peppered their... I think that the, tactically, I would say that Huddersfield basically changed a bit and then decided just to sit deeper. Yeah, I think... Yeah, I think it was the second half went on. Um, first, like trying to find an opening, they were like knocking the ball left to right. It was quite easy on the eye, left to right, um, then the other way, trying to get crosses into the box. But I think Huddersfield's tactic was defend the six yard box well, and we'll we'll come away with something here. And and they did. We just, I mean, Brendan Johnson had a chance in the second half, which on another day it goes in, but it hit the side net and after the keeper saved. So, um, but. No, it was just one of those nights where Forrest basically chucked the uh, kitchen sink at it and we still didn't score. So, uh, But even though it's equally frustrating, we've had two back-to-back defeats, you know there's something there that it's not like we're playing rubbish and losing 1-0, we're actually playing well. So, And it's a lot different to where it was at the start of the season. So we all know that it's drastically improved under Cooper. And now going into the January market, he needs to be able to build something and hopefully carry that on until the summer and beyond. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, so that's the thing is, uh, yeah, today it was all about, um, yeah, we just couldn't get the finishing. Uh, the rumour is, which it's Keenan Davis. Yeah, Keenan Davis. Keenan Davis. Villa. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he's, he's all right. I mean, he's physical, strong. He's got like a bit of an ability, but again, he's not, an out-and-out goal scorer, um, according mm. to some Villa fans I know. So, but you never know. He might have Villa might be just a step too far for him. So, if he drops down in the Championship and and scores a few goals from now until the end of the season, could be a, a really good asset for us. And and, and see where I understand it, he gives us something a bit different as well, a different sort of yeah. style of play. So that could be quite useful. Um, just a quick note then as well on the substitutes. Um, Cafu came on to replace Ojeda. I really like the look of Ojeda. Um, one his haircut reminds me of Raddy Majewski, who's one of my all-time favourite players, and he had a lot of energy. And he was all over the place. Um, but Cafu came on, didn't really notice him when he came on. Um, João Carvalho came on for Silva. As anyone who listens to the podcast knows, I absolutely love João Carvalho, and while he's looked pretty headless earlier this season, when he's come on, I thought he w- he played some good stuff today, including one. A little pass where he curled the ball past their defender to release Jed Spence. Although obviously it came to nothing because that's what was going to happen yesterday. Yeah, I've been a bit. Um, it probably sounds harsh. I've been a bit critical of Jao Cavalio because I know he didn't ask to be paid. Or, yeah, uh, to be paid uh, transfer fee of thirteen million. Um, but if he was two million or whatever, I'd just expect that bit more from him. And two or three managers have had him now and for whatever reason haven't fancied him Um, and yeah I do agree with the majority who say he needs a run of games which is when he did have a run of games under Crank he looked quite good and now since Crank has gone and two or three managers have come and gone at Forest I thought he's lost his way a bit but um, last night I thought um, he wasn't outstanding but like you've mentioned some of his passing only João Cavalio can do that in the Forest squad so if he does be able to get a run of games and can get back to a level of consistency where we know there's a talented player in there, but you've just got to obviously put it all together and do it over a consistent basis because he knows the championship now because yeah. he's been here what, two or three years or whatever now. So well, that's the, thing I, is, the word's consistency. 
when you're 21, it's fair enough not being consistent because that's what you expect off a young player, but he's not 21 anymore. He's getting on a bit now, so he needs yeah. to start making it happen all the time. Um, and then Lyle Taylor came on as well and was Lyle Taylor. He got uh, pushed and pulled all over the shop, complained to the referee, whinged a lot and didn't really make much happen. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a very frustrating uh, character, isn't it? Yeah, Lyle Taylor, I mean, he talks a good game when you see him in the media, but when he comes on, he doesn't really help himself. There was one where the ball got played into him and he, he, I presume he's like, what is he, six foot, six foot one or something. All he has to do is stand his ground and he gets a little tap and then he falls to the floor and you think, oh, the referee's not going to buy it and now you've mm. lost possession and you got... Um, more pressure coming onto our back four or whatever, and the ball keeps coming back. So, and he's, it's not like he's come from like a Premier League club and it's like, oh, he's not used to the uh, physicality of it. He's played in the lower leagues, he's played in Scotland, so you should know by now what physicality is like. And I just think he's a bit of a, it's, he just, he's so predictive of what. It's going to happen. He, he never gets a free kick. He rather play the player and not the ball, and then he's complaining to the referee, and nobody's buying it now. And even Forest fans are like thinking, "Well, they're not even getting on the referee's back because they know what's going to happen." It, all he has to do is just stand his ground and be a bit strong, and it's going to be embarrassing now when somebody at six foot one just chucks himself to the ground, and it's like it's, it's like schoolboy football, isn't it? Asking for the referee every for yeah, a free yeah. kick every two minutes. So um, it's a shame as well because I quite like him. And if we could get across to the far post, then he's 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 very very good at dealing with that. But he just is the rest of his game's not quite there for us. Yeah, um, if the if the rumours are true and that Keenan Davis is going to come, it's just going to knock him down the pecking order even further because Villa will want um, guarantees that he's going to get game time. Yeah, absolutely. So um, how we play, you've got Graven and Keenan Davis. Lyle Taylor's not going to have a uh, chance, is he? So, yeah. uh, I think um, come the summer, I don't think he'd be here much longer. No. Um, so, um, speaking of which, uh, so we've got Barnsley coming up on Monday, but the, the worrying bit was in the post-match interview on the radio. Um, Steve Cooper said, COVID's rife through our squad. Um, the academy's been closed because of COVID and um, Yates and Figueredo weren't even on the bench yesterday because of COVID. So it looks a bit doubtful that... Um, well, I mean, the, the rules are a bit uh, a bit weird <laughs> in that you have to be able to field a team of 14 players, no matter who they are. Um, so there's a chance it will still go ahead, but there's it could also be doubtful. So um, I guess we've been lucky to, to escape it so far with everyone else having matches cancelled. Yeah, definitely. I mean, since the start, well, after we come back from the, the main lockdown we had, Forest haven't had a postponement. Um, but I think it, the every club up and down the country are doing it on a day-by-day basis and you just don't know from one day to the next. And I know the EFL have now um, stopped games being postponed on the day. Um, so you've got a bit of clarity there that if you um, if you have got COVID numbers in your squad, then you can actually postpone the game. Um, but it, it's not good for the league, is it? If, you t- if you've um, you got 14 players and you... Because some... I think Steve Hodgson mentioned it on Radio Nottingham last night. The clubs that have come down from the Premier League have got the luxury of having bigger squads. Yeah. So, I mean, they get an advantage anyway um, through parachute payments, and that's another story. But if they've got bigger squads and they're playing against the likes of us who have been, say, we've got five or six out, yeah, then it's not going to be a really fair game. But it 
unfortunately, it's the same for everybody at the moment. So it's one of those where it's frustrating for the fan, frustrating for the manager and the players and the club. Um, that it's just really frustrating period that like you don't know from one game to the next what team you're going to be able to field and how much preparation you can do. Yep, absolutely. That's the 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 night where um, Forest failed to start the new year in the playoff places. Um, so we're we're going to have a quick break and then maybe come back for Barnsley on Monday. But in the meantime, from Tom and from myself, New Year, Happy New Year. Podcast Network.